to the Hawk to Hawk podcast. I'm your host, Eden fritz Aguire. In this podcast, I sit down with you, Heart alum, to see all of the amazing things that hawks do once they spread their wings and work to better their community. And this hawk is a good one. Today, we have the pleasure of meeting David Cornu. David graduated from the University of Hartford in 1995 with his Bachelor of Arts degree in music composition, playwriting, and acting where he attended the music conservatory, The Heart School. With over 16 years of experience in the entertainment industry, David is a passionate writer, director, composer, and producer who creates, develops, and produces original and compelling stories for TV and film. He was a creator, writer, and executive producer of Triage, an ABC medical drama with director John M. Chu and 20th Television, and consulting producer for an upcoming series with Team Downey. He is also developing a television adaptation of Stephen King's novel, Insomnia. He is also the founder of New Core Productions, where he has produced and sold three indie features, including the sports comedy, Lucky Number, and written, directed, and scored several award-winning short films and pilots, such as Let It Kill You, Temporary, and Unspeakable. David, welcome to the show. Eden, it's a pleasure to chat with you. Thanks for having me on Hawk to Hawk. Of course. It is so great to have you. And I know I just gave quite the extensive bio with all of your experience, but please, I'd love for you to tell us a bit about yourself and how you've gotten involved in your current projects. Yeah, thanks for the warm intro. Um, sure, I am a lifelong storyteller. I That's really how I could sum it all up. I live in Los Angeles where I primarily work as a television creator, writer, and producer. I also write films on occasion, and whenever possible, I score the music for my projects. You know, uh, music was my first love. I remember making up songs at the piano as a five-year-old while my mother cooked dinner. So it all began there. She was a very appreciative audience. Might be why I never stopped writing songs after that. But, you know, by the time I landed at heart, I decided on a double major in music composition and acting to wildly practical career paths. But my my education at heart laid the foundation for where I am uh, now and what I do now. You know, fortunately, I wake up every day full of stories that I have to get out of my head and onto the page. Uh, the format, the medium have changed over time, you know, from songs to stage, now TV and film. But at its core, I, I make sense of the world through art. That's what I do. So hopefully people experience my stories, are able to make sense of certain aspects of their lives as well. I think that's what art is all about. Um, as for current projects, you know, Hollywood is in the middle of a writer's strike right now, which means many of my projects are in a holding pattern. So my my current project is renovating an investment property in my wife's hometown of of norman oklahoma that's where we're riding out the strike uh, but i'm hoping that when we resume work i'm working on this stephen king adaptation and hopefully we will resume where we left off when we uh, return to work that's incredible thank you for sharing all of that yeah. And I know that you are the founder of New Core Productions. So I would love if you could please tell us a bit about New Core Productions and the work that you've accomplished through NCP. Sure. Uh, I founded New Core Productions in 2007 in New York City, where I lived for a number of years. And that's where I produced uh, some independent features and really started to transition from 
stage to screen and focusing my attention, my creative attention over there. Uh, the mission of my production company has always been the same. It's to tell stories that inspire new perspectives and challenge core beliefs. You know, I really think that's the higher calling of all artists and that's what drives me to tell my stories. So that's where the company got its name. That's great. I love that. And while doing my research on you and NCP, I went on your website and I saw that you formed an exclusive writing group and a popular script development service. And I'd love to learn a bit more about this group and service. Sure. I, I lived in New York City for you know, over a decade, and it's a very collaborative town. The theater world, you know, that's that's all about collaboration. It's harder to meet people in Los Angeles. You know, everyone's in their cars instead of, you know, sitting next to each other on subway cars. So, you know, I found that after living on the West Coast for a few years, I craved more of a writing community. So I formed a writing group uh, in which writers could share their development process. But I soon found that the, the group was very interested in my particular process for developing a story. And soon it transformed into me teaching a class called Chapter. So each so-called uh, chapter there has a, a different theme, but the format is the same. Basically, each writer comes in with a one-sentence log line. Ten weeks later, each writer leaves with a completed script. And fortunately, a number of the writers have gone on to staff on shows with these scripts and even some of these scripts have sold to studios and networks that they developed in chapters. So that's been very uh, helpful in spreading the word about uh, this writing group. And now, uh, you know, thanks to the encouragement of those who have gone through class, I'm working on a book to share the principles that I teach in this class. I'm also working with a company to develop software, which, you know, that took a surprising turn in the past year because of the arrival of ChatGPT and other large language models. And, you know, that could be an entire podcast conversation itself about where we're going because of large language models and AI. But, you know, ultimately, I, I find it's very rewarding to to pay it forward to other writers and share craft and techniques that I wish someone had shown me earlier in my development as an artist. You know, wherever I can empower and encourage other writers to get their stories into the world, I'm I'm there. That really drives me. I, you know, it's part in part why I'm talking to you. You know, I, I think about perhaps there's the young artist at heart today who benefits from hearing this interview. And I just love to pay it forward whenever I can. Absolutely. And that sounds like an excellent resource, especially to somebody who's just starting or even somebody who's well seasoned. I think that is so great. So this is probably going to be the most difficult question I ask you today. Uh -oh. Out of all of your different projects, which is your favorite and why? Oh, uh, that's like choosing a favorite child. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have had some incredible experiences and incredible projects that I've been fortunate enough to work on. I wrote uh, the, the medical drama that you mentioned uh, for ABC called Triage. I got to work with John Chu, who's known for Crazy Rich Asians, In the Heights, and he's working on the upcoming feature film adaptation of Wicked. You know, we had such a talented cast and crew on that show. I also learned quite a bit from the executive producer on the show, Erica Messer. She was the showrunner of Criminal Minds for many years, and she's a dear friend now. So that was a, a memorable experience. I, would, I think as far as 
answering what my favorite project is, uh, I would say it's my next project. Whatever my next project is, is my favorite project. That's awesome. I love that mindset. So now that we've kind of taken a look at what you're currently working on and what is upcoming, I like to look back at your U-Heart days. So these next few questions are sponsored by our friends in the Office of Career and Professional Development. But were there any events, resources, or classes that you took part in at U-Heart that played a particular role in your eventual career and how so? Yeah, Dr. Robert Carl was my composition teacher. He was phenomenal. He is really why I decided to go to Hart. You know, when I was looking around at schools, I, I met him and just really felt like I wanted to learn from this guy. And, you know, I came to the university having had a rock band in high school and I wanted to be a rock star. That's the kind of songs I wrote. So I was this tonal composer, you know, in 95. It's, it was 20, 20th century music. It was a tonal composer in an atonal world when I came to heart. And yet, Dr. Carl never made me sound like him. He never tried to push me into a direction where I should abide by his rules for writing. Instead, what he did was say, okay, well, let's keep working on your authentic voice and how do we expand your musical language outward. So it came from a, a real place of authenticity. And I, I learned so much about how to talk to other writers now. You know, um, when people come to me, it's part of the writing class. Some of the principles I learned were from Dr. Carl, where I never try to make a writer sound like me. I try to find what's the truth in what they're saying and why it means something to them. And I build from there. And I really, uh, learned that from Dr. Carl. And similarly, my, my acting teacher, Peter Flint, had this mantra back in the day, dare to be bad. You know, he really taught artistic courage, which I think applies not just to artists, but to, you know, whatever, uh, whatever your career path is. Dare to go through the bad idea to the good idea on the other side. You know, sometimes I find that sometimes the best ideas are on the other side of a bad idea. And so, uh, you know, daring to go there, having that sort of conviction in your choice is uh, a great life lesson and a great lesson as an artist. And so Dr. Robert Carl and Peter Flint, big shout out to those two teachers. That's amazing. Definitely a big shout out to them. It is so important to have great mentors, especially while in school. And then to be able to pass that on to others is just so, so amazing. So now that we've learned that, I'd love to hear how have your goals and expectations for your career changed since you were in college? Is there anything you wish you would have known while you were a student? <laughs> <laughs> there are so many things I wish I had known. I think back to my days at heart and kind of put my hand over my eyes. And I, I should probably mention that I, I had a very sheltered upbringing. So, you know, I grew up in the smallest city in New York State and basically felt like I grew up in a Norman Rockwell painting. So I had a lot of catching up to do when I arrived at Hart. You know, beyond West Side Story and Oliver, I had no knowledge of musical theater. And yet here I was in the musical theater department. So, uh, you know, I just had a lot of growing up and catching up to do uh, when I first got to school. I would say that, 
you know, I, I bring that up because perhaps there's the student listening that's going, oh my God, I feel like I just got thrown in the deep end and I can't swim. Yeah, I feel you. And so, you know, what I would say is a healthy level of detachment is a really useful mindset to have when you are in university. And when good things happen, don't ride the highs. When bad things happen, don't experience the lows. You just kind of keep it in the middle and look to learn, look to learn, constantly look to learn. The other thing is, you know, teachers are allowed to be wrong and, and you're allowed to be right. I took the, the word of teachers as, as gospel, uh, sometimes perhaps too much. And it, what it did is it kept me from thinking for myself at times. And I, I wish I had not challenged teachers, you know, that there, there's a respectful way to do it, but really listen to my instinct. And when something didn't feel like, oh, that doesn't make sense for me yet, explore why instead of just say, oh, okay, I guess I should do it that way. So, I mean, those are some, some basic, it's, it's more about mindset when, when you're in school how best to learn it's the the metacognition of learning how to learn and i wish i wish i had a little more of a grasp on that when i was in university that was really great advice thank you and that piece that you really gave just sat with me um i as i mentioned to you before we started recording i student teach video production for the school of communication and this past school year all of my students were seniors many of them were involved on the student television network on campus and so I knew that a lot of them had experience. And so I was worried that I would be wrong or I wouldn't have the information they need, things of that sort. But then I realized, you know, I'm learning too. Most of those kids, we were the same age or maybe only had a year age difference. Everybody is learning. I was able to teach them things or if I didn't have the answer, it's, you know what? I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm not gonna make it up. Let's sit down and learn this together. They would teach me things, I taught them things. I think that's so important. So thank you for sharing that advice. Of course, I think that's wonderful. And thank you for sharing that. You know, learning is in the teaching, teaching is in the learning. It's a dialogue between those two that really helps you figure out your path forward and, and the best way to learn for you. Absolutely, 100%. So this is my final big question for you. Do you have any advice for students who are nearing graduation that aren't sure they want to pursue a career in their major? I have tough love. I guess this is more specific to artists, but I think it really applies to whatever career path you are on. You know, life is too short. I can't believe how old I am <laughs> and how long ago I graduated from college. You know, when young artists ask me for advice, I often say that if there's anything else in life that can make you happy, go do that instead. You know, the, the life of an artist in particular isn't for the faint of heart. It shouldn't feel optional. You know, I remember a moment when it clicked for me, I was in my early thirties in New York and struggling to find my place in the theater world and, you know, the entertainment landscape on a whole. And, you know, just kind of feeling like things were slipping between the cracks. And when I asked myself, well, what else would you do? I just had this resounding voice in my head say, this isn't what you do. This is who you are. And I have been happy ever since. You know, as long as I can wake up every day and write something, then I'm happy and I'm blessed. You know, I can't control what the business does. I can only control 
that I can create every day. And if that's the goal, then you're happy. You know, you have a lifetime of happiness ahead of you, uh, regardless of ups and downs of a career path. But, you know, let's not kid ourselves about the entertainment industry. It comes with tremendous sacrifices, sacrifices that most people are not willing to give up. And it's not really a career. It's a calling. It's a vocation. So if you're not called for it and truly called for it, then, you know, it will keep taking from you until there's nothing left. So if you are a senior at heart right now and going, gosh, I don't know if this is really for me, really uh, examine that because life is too short and uh, you these choices do compound on themselves over time. So if it's not who you are at your core, you will probably be happier on another path. But if art is truly, you know, your one true calling, then, you know, I'm sorry, <laughs> but welcome to the club. And, uh, and congratulations for knowing that about yourself. Whatever your path, you should wake up every day feeling like it's something that you love and you can't wait to get out of bed in the morning and go do it. David, that was very insightful and motivating. And I just want to give you this opportunity for listeners who can't get enough of you and want to learn more about you and your work. Where can listeners learn more about you? Sure. Uh, DavidCornu.com is probably the best place to find me. David, C-O-R-N-U-E. I am on the socials at that handle as well on uh, Instagram and Facebook. So you can find me at those places if you want to reach out. Awesome. David, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show and getting to chat with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for the great questions, Eden. It was a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you for tuning in to the Hawk to Hawk podcast. You can find us on all podcast streaming platforms and on the University of Hartford's website. For David Cornu, I'm Eden Fritz-Aguire. We'll see you next time.